Proverbs chapter 3, and we'll look at verses 5 and 6. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. We're going to continue uh, to talk to you this morning about learning to trust God and His power. Learning to trust God and His power. And I just, before I even read the verse, I want to one more time try to convey to you the sense of urgency that I feel concerning this subject. Um, in other words, the Father doesn't just know where you've been or where you are this morning. He knows where we're going. He knows what's ahead and what's to come. And he always wants to speak to you today to prepare you for what's coming tomorrow. Are you seeing this? It's not just about what's happened in the past or what's happening right now. Father has foresight. And so when I sense the urgency concerning things that I sense in my heart, concerning this subject, I know that it's not just about the past or the present, but it's also about things that are coming in the future. And so if, if we're going to do what God's called us to do, if we're going to be who he called us to be, if we're going to live the life that he called and created us to live, we're going to have to learn to trust him, and we're going to have to learn to trust him more than we trust him now. And if, if that offends you, please... Um, uh, you know, we all have room to grow. I'm not by any means suggesting that nobody in this room trusts God. I know a lot of you do, and a lot of you do deeply. Amen. But I'm talking about um, increasing uh, in, in these things. Uh, for those of you who already uh, do trust the Lord in, in so many different aspects of your life, uh, but then there's also a lot of us that have, um, we're just in the beginning stages of, of learning what it means to trust God. So Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. I want to do just a really, really quick run-through review of what we looked at last week. And of course that entire message is available free of charge on the website, Facebook, different places that we post it. But last week we looked at James chapter 1, verse 22. It says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only. We also said that learning about trusting God is not the same as learning to trust Him. And that's where we can be deceived is we can learn about it and think that because we know about it that somehow knowing about it equals actually trusting Him and, and, and nothing could be further from the truth. Learning to trust God is extremely important. Learning about trusting God is a part of learning to trust Him, but just knowing about it and actually doing it are not the same thing. This might be the simplest but most important thing I could ever tell you about learning to trust God, and that is you learn to trust God by trusting Him. You learn to trust God by trusting Him. So many of God's people are trying to learn how to trust God without ever actually putting any trust in Him, and that'll never work. As a matter of fact, you learn to trust God by trusting Him, and there is no other way. You only learn to trust by getting out there and doing it. So we do not trust God because we are afraid of what might happen if we do. So again, let's not overthink this. Let's not overcomplicate this. Uh, the reasons for not trusting God are, are, are very simple. We, we don't trust Him because we're afraid of what will happen if we do. So learning to trust God means overcoming the sense of risk you feel when obeying Him. Learning to trust God means overcoming the sense of risk you feel when obeying Him. We said last Sunday, and I'll say it again today, the safest place you can be on planet Earth is in obedience to God. 
Now, the enemy tries to make things feel risky, and it seems like we're taking a risk to obey him. But notice, seem and feel is not the same as what something actually is. Now, this quote here, growth involves identifying your fears and moving towards them. The, the enemy tries to manipulate our lives through this thing called fear. And so again, why do people not trust God? They don't trust God because they're afraid. They fear what might happen if they do. So growth involves identifying your fears and moving towards them. If you're interested in growing and developing and progressing in life, in the life that God created you to live, in the things of God, the things that God has for you, then you're going to have to identify the things that you're afraid of. And instead of avoiding and moving away from those things, you're going to have to start moving towards those things. You're going to have to start trusting God and and overcoming that sense of risk. Now, this has been a statement that is foundational to our current study. God can only take you as far as your trust in Him will allow. You see, God is trying to lead you to the promised land of your best life, and it takes trust on your part to follow Him there. It takes trust on your part to follow Him to your best life. He's not the great cowboy. He's the great shepherd. Okay? And so a cowboy drives cattle. A sheep, a shepherd rather, leads sheep. You can't drive sheep. Sheep will scatter if you try to drive them. The shepherd gets out in front of them and he leads them into the green pastures. He leads them beside the still water. He leads them away from harm's way and danger into a place of shelter and protection and safety. But you'll never follow our great shepherd if you don't trust him. You'll never follow him if you don't trust him. So this is why he can only take you as far as your trust in him will allow. He's trying to lead you to the promised land of your best life, and it takes trust on your part to follow him there. So that brings us back then to our, uh, our keystone verse for this study, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Now, this is almost like a go-to verse uh, if you're going to teach on or study, learn about trusting God. It's one of the more popular, if not the most popular verse in all the Word of God, speaking to this subject of trusting God. And so at first glance, it seems the primary emphasis of this verse is trusting God, but that is really not the primary emphasis of this verse. The primary emphasis of these two verses, these passages, if you look closer, is God directing your paths. That's that's really what this verse is all about, God's ability to direct your path. So the primary emphasis of this verse, as important as trusting in Him is and as important as what this verse has to say about trusting in Him, the primary emphasis of this verse is not just trust God for trusting Him's sake, but the role trusting him plays in his ability to direct your path. Now, that's really, really important. That's really, really important. So I don't want to move too quickly um, through this. Let me me try to break this verse down in in, in a way that will help you see what I think the Holy Spirit's wanting us to see this morning. So first of all, God cannot direct your paths if you refuse to acknowledge him and give him place in your life. That's what he's talking about. You, you, you have to acknowledge God in all of your ways. So it's not, you know, acknowledging God in all of your ways is a key element in, in trusting him. 
but the bigger picture is God's ability to direct your paths. So if you never acknowledge Him, if you never give Him place in your life, if you refuse to do that, then there's no way that God can direct your paths. The next thing he's saying here is God cannot direct your paths if you insist on leaning or relying on your own understanding, on your own understanding instead of His. If you go with how you see it instead of how God sees it, if you go with what you think about it instead of what God thinks about it, if you go with what Google has to say about it instead of what God has to say about it, then how can God ever direct your path? So this is what it means to lean to your own understanding. Going with the way you see it, going with what you think about it, going with what um, you think should be the next step instead of what God says about these things. And so then the third part, final part, is God cannot direct your paths if you never learn to trust Him with your whole heart. Can never direct your paths if you never learn to trust Him with your whole heart. So let's go back to this verse again. I want to break some of these key things down, these two verses. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. A key word, lots of key words here. A key word here is this word lean. And it means what you probably think it means. It means to rely upon or to support oneself. To rely upon or to support one's self. To rely upon. So if you're leaning on your own understanding, it means you're relying upon your own understanding. It means you are supporting yourself by what you understand. So to lean means to rely upon or to support oneself. There is a really important tie-in that we're going to develop in the days ahead. But when we that word support, that word support, I, I want you to think about the different things that we look to to support our lives. And this is where we see a, a very important and powerful tie-in to the thing that Jesus said to us on different occasions and then we see repeated even in, by the apostles later in the New Testament. And that is you cannot serve God and money. You cannot serve God and money. So when it comes to what we rely upon for support of our lives, is our primary reliance upon God or is our primary reliance upon money? And we even refer to money as support, as financial support. Come on now, are you with me? Our financial support. Where does your financial support, where does your financial help come from? Does it come from your own efforts and your own ability? Or do you see the bigger picture and, and, and trust God uh, as the one supporting you? So to rely upon or to support oneself. You were never meant to rely upon yourself. You were never meant to be self-reliant. You were never meant to support yourself. That doesn't mean that you weren't meant to, to, to work and to be busy and to be productive and fruitful. Absolutely, we were meant to work and be busy and be fruitful. But God never meant for you to be responsible for your own support. You weren't created for that. Are you hearing me? You weren't created for that. So he says, lean not, do not rely upon, do not support yourself by your own understanding. Here's one of my favorite quotes from Bill Johnson. He says, insecurity is security in the wrong things. Insecurity is security in the wrong things. And so there's so many insecure people in our world today. There's so many people who feel vulnerable. There's so many people in our world today who feel exposed. They, they feel, uh, you know, unprotected. They, you know, what was the, the, the political slogan? Um, 
several years ago during the presidential election, you're, you're one pay- paycheck away from homelessness. Uh, any, anybody remember when they, you know, fear tactics, fear politics, you know, you're just one paycheck away uh, from, from homelessness. And, 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 and you, know, you may not think that or believe that, but still there are a lot of folks in, in, in our world today, and not just people who don't know God, there are a lot of people who know God. Um, but still live their lives with this sense of insecurity. Well, insecurity is security in the wrong things. If you're relying upon uh, yourself, if, 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 if you're uh, you know, leaning to your supporting yourself with your own understanding, then you are putting security in the wrong things, in the wrong places, in the wrong people. Amen. All right, so 2 Corinthians 2.11, I'll put it on the screen. You don't have to turn there. It says, lest Satan should take an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. We are not ignorant of his devices. The Bible's very clear. You have an adversary, and he's the source of your adversity. He is God's enemy, and therefore he is your enemy, because you are so precious to God. Uh, Any parent in the room knows that the quickest way to your heart is through your children. And so this is why Satan, among other reasons... Uh, is, is so determined to deceive us and to steal, kill, and destroy from us is because, again, there's no quicker way to the heart of God than uh, through His children. And we could do an exhaustive explanation here. I'm not going to go much deeper into this. But just know that the devil is a schemer. In Ephesians 6, he talks about the wiles, W-I-L-E-S's of the devil. And this is referring to the schemes and the strategies and the tactics that the devil uses against us. And so we can't afford to be ignorant of how the devil works against us because if we do, that would give him an advantage over us. And so one of the main strategies, one of the main devices or tactics that the devil tries to deploy against you and me is he tries to trick us into trusting in people and things that will not support us. Are you seeing this? He's trying to to, to deceive us into relying upon things that will not support the kind of life that God created us to live. When we talk about the foundation of our lives, I talk about this in my book, Becoming a Threat to Addiction, an old foundation will not support a new life. Amen. I've seen so many people over the years who have tried to build a new life on the foundation of the old life that they once lived. Your old foundation will not support the new life that God created you to live. And so when we talk about supporting oneself or or the life that God created us to live, the devil is constantly trying to trick us into putting forth effort into living the life God created us to live, but on a foundation that will not support that life. Job talks about this. I'm not going to go there, but he talks about the spider's web, which is the spider's house. And he says that he puts his trust in that house, but that house... Uh, will not support it. It, it, it eventually uh, will uh, break down. And, and, and how many times, you know, Jesus didn't use spider web, he used uh, building a house on sand and, and, and the sand uh, collapsing out from under that man's life when adversity comes. So I've got a few questions for you. I know some of you really like my questions, some of you not so much, but think with me. Questions are designed to help us think, all right? Who were you trusting when you were leaning on your own understanding? It's not that you're, 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 you know, 
neutral in trust. Who are you trusting? Who am I trusting when we're leaning to our own understanding? Now, I want to do something this morning before we go any further, and I'll use these words probably interchangeably throughout the rest of the message this morning, but I want, to, I want to do something. I want to take this concept of leaning to your own understanding, and I want to break it down to what I call the street level of our lives. Do you understand street level? I'm, I'm talking about like where it's all unfolding in a way that you can uh, connect with this in, in a very meaningful way. I want you to think this morning of leaning on your own understanding as, as trusting in or relying on, are you ready, what makes sense? what seems right, and what feels safe to you, okay? When we talk about leaning on your own understanding, your own understanding, that, that's such a big word, and, and for some of you it's not a stretch, but for other of you it's, okay, what does that mean to lean to your own understanding? Well, it's what makes sense to you. Have you ever said, well, it makes sense to me? Well, what if what makes sense to you isn't sense at all? Right? What makes sense, what seems right, and what feels safe. We have a tendency to gravitate towards what makes sense, what seems right, what feels safe. Am I right about this? So when he says to not lean to your own understanding, he's saying you can't put your trust in what seems right. You can't put your trust in what makes sense to you. You can't put your trust in what feels safe to you. This is how the devil deceives people. This is how the devil deceives God's people. Is rather than trusting God, we go with our own understanding, which means we go with what feels safe. Instead of trusting God, we go with what makes sense. Instead of trusting God, we go with what seems right. So let me ask the question a different way. Who is in control of your life when you're living by what seems right and feels safe? Who's in control of your life when you're living your life based upon what makes sense to you? This means you're in control of your life. This means you put your trust in yourself. Are you picking up what I'm putting down this morning? Is this making sense to you? This, this means I'm, I'm trying to make this as practical and as basic and as fundamental as I possibly can. Because that's what, that's what trusting in God is. It, it doesn't get any more basic, it doesn't get any more raw, it doesn't get any more fundamental than, than this right here. And, and, and one of the reasons I wanted to go back to James 1 and 22, do, do, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. So many of God's people are convinced that they have all this trust in Him when they really don't. That they have, we have deceived ourselves into thinking that we have this just high level of trust in God when, when, when we really, in, in truth and practice and, and in, in, in reality, we do not have. We have deceived ourselves in these areas. And it's a very dangerous place to be in when you think you're doing something that you're not, when you think you have something that you don't, when you think you're, you're on one level when you're not. got another question for you. Where does the leaning to your own understanding approach to life land on the spectrum between humility and pride? See, it sounds so rational. What seems right, what, what makes sense, what feels safe. It seems right, it makes sense, it feels safe. So let's go all in. <laughs> let's... 
Let's, 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 let's let our, the entire future of our lives, our families, and our finances ride on what makes sense, seems right, and feels safe. Let's rely upon that. Let's, let's, let's double down on that. Let's, let's bet on that. No, see, that is, are you kidding me? And for a lot of reasons, that's ridiculous. But, but here, I want you to think about it because it sounds so practical. It's, it, it, it sounds so rational, logical. I mean, you, you know, what else? What other options do we have, Pastor Mark? I'm glad you asked. We'll get to there in a moment, right? But this is, this is the way so many people, so many of God's people, are living their lives on a daily basis. I call it making your life up as you go along, right? So you come to something in life that makes sense, it seems right, you know. Um, there's, listen to me. Now, I know some of you are like, well, gosh, you know, sometimes, you know, that's, that's the way the Lord directs me and leads me. That's different, see, um, than leaning on your own understanding. That still small voice inside of you where the Holy Spirit is, is leading you and directing you to do something. And then your head's trying to override it. And you've got that tug of, war, tug of war going in, being led by the Spirit. Amen. We'll talk more about that. But see, if we never develop our ability to trust God, we just lean to our own understanding, what seems right to me, what feels safe to me, what makes sense to me. So again, the, the, the challenge here is this is a very prideful way to live our lives, to just do what we think's right, to do what feels safe to us. Let me ask you this. How reliable or trustworthy is your own understanding? See, now we're really getting somewhere, right? How reliable or trustworthy is your own understanding? Have you ever thought something was one way and it turned out to be another? Have you ever thought you could trust somebody and it turns out you couldn't? Have, have you ever, um, you know, invested and relied upon? And again, we could go, I mean, who hasn't? Who hasn't? We all have. But yet we continue to go back to our own understanding despite all the different times that it has let us down. When my brother and I and sister, when we were little, we played this little silly game. I don't know if you ever played this game. Um, I don't know what the title of the game was, but I'll just call it what we what we used. Okay, anybody ever heard? The, anybody ever played the game? Props are dangerous. Props are dangerous. Nobody. Did we create this? We should patent it, right? What's props are dangerous? You're sitting there at the table with your head propped on your arm. Matt would walk up to me and pull my arm out. He'd say, "Props are dangerous," right? Props are dangerous. See, the devil's wanting you to get all propped up and supported by things that are dangerous. And then he's going to wait, not just any old time, he's going to wait to the most inopportune time of your life to knock that prop out from under you. Props are dangerous. But trusting God is where the real safety is. Obeying God is, is, is where the, the real protection is. Trusting God and obeying God is the pathway to your best life. So I'm not telling you anything that, that now that may be a stretch. I'm hoping you're learning some new things. But a whole lot, let's thank you, Holy Spirit, a whole lot of what I'm, t I'm saying to you today are things that you already know, but I'm trying to get you to see them in, 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 a, in, a, in a clarity and, and with, a, with a, a, an understanding from the Holy Spirit, perhaps 
in a way that you've not seen or understood these things before. So watch this. I know this is one of those statements. It takes trust to obey when you don't understand. It takes trust to obey when you don't understand. So watch this now. You will never obey what doesn't make sense or feels unsafe unless you trust who's asking. Remember, God can only take you as far as your trust in Him will allow. Now, Father is looking, let's get this straight now. Father is looking for far more from us than outward conformity and blind obedience. This is why we find the willing and obedient will eat the good of the land in Scripture. Let me give you that verse right quick. Stay with me now. We're going quickly through this. I know, but I'm trying to get to a certain spot. Isaiah 1 and 19. This is what God says to us. Are you ready? He says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. One of the problems with modern day religiousized Christianity is that people get in pulpits and they place all the emphasis on obedience. Now, obedience is extremely, extremely important. Don't misunderstand me. We need to do what God says, and you'll never have your best life ignoring what God says. You'll, you will never live the life that God created you to live, doing it your own way, doing it the modern way, doing it you know, the way people say it should be done and the, life, the way life should be lived um, you know, in, in you know, 21st century uh, America. Okay? Um, people say, well, God's outdated and, and His ways. No, no, His ways are the best ways. And, and so, but again, as important as obedience is, God didn't say if you're obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. He said if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. What is the difference between obedience and being willingly obedient? If you're willingly obedient, your heart is in it. There are a lot of people in a lot of churches this morning across the world, they're in church, but they're there out of a sense of obedience, but would much rather be somewhere else. In other words, their heart's not in it. They're not willingly there. They're there because they're, 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 they don't want to go to hell. They're there because somebody made them. They're there because they're more concerned about what other people think about them, so forth and so on. My friend, Father God wants your heart to be in it. So this idea, let me make the statement again. Father is looking for far more from us than outward conformity and blind obedience. Religion has to do with the compliance to an outward standard. Jesus came to change us from the inside out. Living for Him is so much more than an effort on our part to comply to some outward standard or some outward list of rules. So if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Willingly obedient always includes trust. Willingly obedient will always include trust. All right, now, we touched on this a little bit last week. I'm really not here yet to develop all of that, but let's just bring it up again. You will never willingly obey someone unless you trust that person and their motives concerning you. You will never willingly obey someone unless you trust that person and their motives concerning you. Think about that for a minute. When God asks you to do something that you don't understand, when He asks you to do something that doesn't make sense to you, that doesn't seem right to you, that doesn't feel safe to you, you will never obey Him 
from the heart. Now, there's a lot of people who do that just because out of, out of, out of sheer impressing other people or whatever. Obedience without willingness. But if you, if you willingly obey and do what he says, even when you don't understand it, even when it doesn't make sense, seem right, or feel safe, you're doing it out of a sense of trust. You're obeying him because you trust him, and, and you're trusting him because you recognize that he only has pure motives for you. Are you following me, Are you following me here? He only wants what's best for you. Every word he's ever said to you, everything he's ever commanded you, everything he's ever told you to do, everything he's ever told you not to do, he's told you those things with your best interest in mind. See, here is the dilemma that so many of God's people find themselves in, okay? They wait until it makes sense, seems right, and feels safe to obey. They wait until it makes sense, seems right, and feels safe to obey. As long as it doesn't make sense, as long as it doesn't seem right, as long as it doesn't feel safe, they're not going to actually follow through and do it. Now, that does, listen to me now. Listen to me. That doesn't mean they don't know about it. Are you hearing me? That's where we get deceived, right? We know all about these things. We know all about what God is instructing us to do. We know all about how he's trying to develop us and, and the paths that he's trying to lead us into. We have all kinds of knowledge about it, but why do we not do it? Why do we not follow through on it? Why do we not practice it? Why has it not become a lifestyle for us yet? Because it doesn't make sense, it doesn't seem right, and it doesn't feel safe. If you wait to understand before you obey God, you will never fully obey God. Now, some people say this is God's way of testing us. Let's, let's go down that road for just a minute, okay? God asks us to do things we don't understand because he's testing us. He's wanting to see if we're serious about it. He's, wanting to, he's, he's trying to figure out what's really in our hearts. So he knows everything, but he doesn't know what's in your heart. He's got to put you through some silly test to see if you're for real. No, no, see... He knows all there is to know about you. I'm not, let no man say when he's tested, tempted, or tried, he's being tested, tempted, or tried by God, for God does not, cannot be tested, tempted, or tried by evil, nor does he test, tempt, or try any man. So you're not going to ever get me to say it, right? Some say this is God's way of testing us. I disagree. The truth is this, God's ways are higher than our ways. Amen? Are they just barely higher than our ways? As high as the heavens are above the earth, God's ways are higher than our ways. God's ways are higher than our ways and therefore rarely, if ever, make sense to us or feel safe to us. It's because that's not what we've experienced in life. We've experienced man's ways. Come on now. We've experienced this world's way of doing it. We've experienced life on the level of leaning to our own understanding. We've lived long enough by what seems right, makes sense, and feels safe. 
That's what we're accustomed to. Now, God brings to us a higher way of doing things. Remember, you can keep trying harder or you can try differently. You can keep trying harder or you can try better. Amen? And God's ways are not just higher. God's ways are better. But because God's ways are so much higher than man's ways... They don't make sense to us. They don't seem right to us. And many times they don't feel safe to us. You might want to write this down. Trust is the price of living your life on earth according to the higher ways of heaven. Let me tell you what's going to cost you to live your life on earth according to the higher ways of God. Trust. See, religion wants to make it about all kinds of other things. Religion wants to make it about sacrifice. Religion wants to make it about, you know, uh, how much money you give or, or how good you've been and all these other things. I, listen, giving money is important. Sacrificing for the kingdom is important. But you can sacrifice, you can give, you can work hard, you can serve, you can do all these other things, but, but never live your life according to the higher ways of heaven because the only price that can be paid to live the, 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 your life on earth according to the higher ways of heaven is the, is the price of trusting God. What's it going to cost you to live your life on earth according to God's ways in heaven? Trust. That's it. Jesus paid the rest. Jesus paid the rest. You still with me? Trust will confidently bridge the gap between what God is leading you to do and it not making sense or feeling safe to you. Right? I, I, can, I can almost, and if, if I was more of an artist, I could almost draw this for you, but I think the Holy Spirit's going to help paint this picture in your mind, right? We, 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 come to these, we come to these places, maybe not everybody in this room, but folks that have been around Heritage for a while, you've, you've heard more than one sermon on, on who you became the day you became a new creation in Christ Jesus. You've heard more than one sermon about what belongs to you because of who you are in Christ Jesus. You, you've heard more than one sermon about the, 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 the quality of life, the condition of life that Jesus paid such a high price uh, for, for you to be able to experience and enjoy this side of heaven. We talk about that, we talk about that, we talk about that. And so a lot of people can see that, at least in the sense that they know that something better must, has to be somewhere than what we've had so far, right? That, in other words, we have this, this some acknowledgement of it, right? But we keep, we keep coming to this invisible barrier that seems to prevent us from ever passing through and getting over to, to that uh, higher level of living. Remember, you were created to live on a level you can't get to by yourself. Okay? How, how about this question? Don't you want to know what kind of life's on the other side of the wall you keep hitting? Keep bringing that back, right? Don't you want to know? Because we all know that there's got to be something better on the other side of this wall we keep hitting, but we all seem to keep hitting this wall. What, what is that wall? It's, obviously, it's different things, but trust is a huge part of this. So what happens is we hear about the promised land. Remember, when, when God brought them out of slavery in Egypt, 
They had heard about the promised land for generations. They had heard about this better life for generations. They had heard about what God promised to their father Abraham for generations. This land flowing with milk and honey, this land of abundance, this land uh, you know, where God not only has a, a beautiful land, uh, but he already has homes for them there. He already has uh, uh, kitchens full of food for them there. He are, all of these things that God has prepared for them, they heard about that and heard about that and heard about that. But for a lot of them, it was just some kind of fairy tale. It was just some kind of thing that everybody talked about, like we sometimes talk about the good old days around here uh, or the sweet by and by around here. It, it had just become this thing, right, for them. It was like a carrot in front of a donkey that they, that they could never get to. Well, how do you ever get that carrot in your mouth? Not that you're a donkey, but how do you ever get the carrot? Instead of it always seeming to be just a few steps ahead of you, the fish were biting yesterday kind of approached you know, to life. Trust is what bridges that gap. He can only take you as far as your trust in Him will allow. Two more points and then we'll close. Trust is the only way forward when it doesn't make sense and it doesn't feel safe. It's the only way forward. Are you following me? It's the only way forward. This is why so many of God's people aren't going forward because they've gone as far forward as their trust in God will allow. So we either camp and just stay in the same place? Or we turn back? Or we move on to something else and move on to something else until eventually we come all the way back around and here we are again? Come on now, this is important. What's the only way forward? Trust. See, we want to go somewhere in God and we want to live on a level with God that we're not willing to trust God to take us to. So what does that mean? It means if you never learn to trust God, your life will be limited to your own understanding. Your growth, your development, your progress, your prosperity will stop at the level of what makes sense to you, what seems right to you, and what feels safe to you. Amen? All right. Stand with me. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm... I'm not looking for affirmation. I'm looking for confirmation. You do understand there's a difference, right? I'm looking for confirmation, okay? Are you getting anything out of this? Is this, is this making sense to you? Are these things understandable enough for you to process and, and, and work through in your, in your own life and, and where you are? My friend, listen to me. Father God is wanting to move us forward. But trust is the only way forward. It doesn't make sense. We've already received an offering, so don't start getting nervous here, okay? But we're going to talk about this. I've told you, and I'm just getting you ready. I'll mention it again, right? When it comes to Father God, because in, increase comes from Him. 
when it comes to him and his ability to increase you financially, right? Well, just paying tithes don't make sense to me. Paying tithes, see, I'm, I'm just trying to, again, street level, practical. Right? Man, that seems so risky to me. I just, uh, you know, I, I, it just don't seem right to me. I know I said last point, but I, it's the Holy Spirit woke me up this morning with this one, and I got, I just, it's okay, all right. The more you trust God, the more He can trust you. He's wanting to trust you with things. He said this principle applies to lesser and little as well as the greater and much. And I got verses for it. I'm just telling you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just hold that thought, sister. Let's do this right here. Praise God. Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for what you're teaching us. Thank you for what you're showing us. Thank you for what you're revealing to us. Thank you, Father God, that you are teaching us to trust you because you're showing us that you can be trusted. Your word, Father, says that it's your goodness that brings us to a new way of thinking. It brings us to a new condition of, of mind. It brings us to repentance. Because, Father, you're wanting us to understand that we can trust you, that you only want good for us. Father, there are people listening to me right now who in the past have been deceived into thinking they were trusting in you when they were really not trusting in you. And then when it all collapsed out from under them, they got mad at you and they have even accused you of not caring about them and accused you of letting them down. Father, thank you that your shoulders are big and that your love for us never changes even when we're confused and think things about you that are not true. But Father, I pray for those men and women who are in that position, who have that kind of uh, uh, angst and, and even some, Lord, bitterness in their hearts towards you about this. And so when I'm teaching on these things, it, it, it's, it's, it's rubbing them in, in a very sensitive place because they, they're confused about this. Lord, first of all, I pray for wisdom and revelation in these areas, and I pray for healing in these areas. And Father, I thank you that you are rushing in to the, as, as, as these closed-off places in our hearts are being opened to you, uh, Lord, that you're rushing in to bring healing and confidence and assurance in these areas in our lives. Father, I thank you that you're teaching us to live our lives on earth according to the higher ways of heaven. 
doesn't make sense, Father. But yet, you desire to increase us and you have explained to us in your word how to have that increase. So, Father, we thank you today for the people that are here. We thank you, Father, for the people that are watching online. Father, your patience with us, help us to never forget how patient you are towards us, how kind you are towards us. And Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the sacrifice that Jesus made so we could stand here before you, right before you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. As you take your emblems this morning, and some folks were kind of talking about the challenge, be sure and pull the plastic um, liner off the top, and that'll open up the, uh, the wafer for you. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. I know that um, for some of you that are partaking of the Lord's Supper this morning, it's the first time for some of you in a very, very long time. And I know this is a very special, very, very holy, very sacred moment. And, and it's very important for us to not treat the things of God as common. And, and sometimes we can become so familiar with things that we take them for granted. And that it's just some little wafer and some little sip of juice. My friend, please. Just kind of steal ourselves for a moment here as we stand before God with these things in our hands because what, what this wafer and what this, not even an ounce, I guess, of juice represents, it's eternal, it's holy, it's priceless. And so, Father, we come before your throne first with the bread. And, Father, the fact that we can stand before your throne and give you thanks for this bread is directly related to what this bread and what this cup has done for us. Jesus, thank you that you allowed your body to be broken so that the body of Christ could be created and formed. And you allowed your body to be broken so that our individual bodies could be made whole and well and strong and healed and free even from the consequences of sin and, and, and ways that we've abused our bodies. Jesus, you allowed your body to be abused so that our abuse of our own body could be restored and healed. So as we participate this morning honoring, respecting, reverencing, your body, I thank you that our act of obedience and trust is going to release healing into our bodies this morning and it's going to unite us as the body of Christ in a, in a deeper and more, more profound way. Let's partake of the bread together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we now... I'm sorry, I let you get the cup open. I apologize.
thank you, Jesus. Father, we take the cup now that represents the blood that was shed for the removal of our sins. Father, the blood of Jesus was not like the blood of the animals that were shed under the old covenant. But His blood became one sacrifice for all sin for all time. His blood came to not just cover our sins, but to remove our sins, and then, Father, to purge our very consciousness of sin. Fathers, we hold this cup in our hands. We, we do this in obedience this morning to what Jesus instructed us to do. and We do this in remembrance of Him. We do this this morning to honor Him. We do this to uh, express our gratitude to Him for what He has accomplished for us through His death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, His promise of return, and His sinless life. Father, I thank You that the blood of Jesus has not only made us new and made us clean, has not only put us in right standing with You and made us Your sons and daughters forever, this blood has provided for us an inheritance both in the life that now is and the life that is to come. And so we drink in remembrance of all these things. And Father, we thank you for helping us to step out, Lord, not sometime in the, in the distant future, but Lord, to step out today, to trust you today, to do the thing that you're in, you've been prompting us to do now. In, in some cases, Lord, people in this room... You've been prompting them to do things for years that they haven't trusted you enough to do. I thank you, Father, that we're going we're gonna to step out and trust you. We thank you for it in Jesus' name as we take the cup together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. In my excitement, I failed to call the praise team up this morning so amen are you blessed are you blessed amen all right tell somebody around you good things coming amen your love hopefully you'll have some time off tomorrow for labor day amen enjoy that with your family and we'll see you wednesday night if not before good things